When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This, love this opening song. Hey everybody, welcome. Ronald Nesty here in Rock and Roll Heaven outside of Chicago in St. Charles at the Arcata Theater. We are hanging and banging tonight with my brothers Vinnie Apice and Carmine Apice with our special guests John Payne and Gilby Clark. Another great episode, our 44th week here on Artists on Lockdown. And let's get the party started and bring to the microphone my, again, my brother, Mr. Vinnie Apice. Let's see what he's got to pick on me, I mean to say about uh, things <laughs> this week. I have been <laughs> wake up. It was I timed myself. It was like 14 seconds. Now don't even. Don't even. <laughs> Where are you? Look at that monitor behind you, man. That thing. That's pretty serious yeah. stuff. I ain't playing. I am playing. I'm. I'm at That's the nice. point now. You know how when you when you guys come into my place and I got to rent backline for you. Yeah. I'm renting backline for this show now. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's nice. That's a big monitor. You got the whole uh, rip yeah, up yeah. It's really cool. Good, good. It's really cool. Uh, yep. And look at that shirt. Why that? They always come in square too, right? No, they square? don't. It's it's a it's our printing presses. We make thousands of them, and it just uh, square. Square. Anyway, <laughs> let's bring our big brother to the no, microphone. We got a full show tonight, like we do all the time. Carmine apiece, vanilla fudge, and so many other things. What's up, Carmine? Hey, dude. Oh, this thing's in the way. Look at this. My microphone. Yeah, come on. You can't cover the... There you go. Okay. How you doing, dude? How you doing? So good to see you. I love the, uh, oh, the albums hey. in the cover. Um, hey, Vinny. Vinny. What's Vinny's going on? Did you get home okay? Hey. Yeah, I did. I did. Everything's good. We just released our Cactus uh, cactus Tightrope mm -hmm. record. It's doing well. We have to uh, feature it on one of these shows. Absolutely. Really and we got to get a date down. I mean, let's, let's go. Let's, let's go. It. Let's pick let's a date. I'm telling you, before I do anything else, we're, I want you guys to pick gonna, a date. We're going to be doing Yardbirds, Cactus, and Pat Travis together. Wow. I can't that's wait. A, that's a show. I can't wait. We're going to have to change the name of this show because uh, gigs are coming up now. 
Yeah, you know, well, I was going to talk to you guys about that offline, but, you know, we're going to have some stuff going on Thursday nights. We're so they'll be gigging and banging. Gig- gigging and banging. Where are they? Where are they in the country or in the world? Something. Yeah, right. You know, that would be good. We should do that. We could do backstage and we can be had the live. This would be awesome. We'll talk yeah. about this. But hey, yeah. guys, we yeah, got, we got to do a hanging and banging live at your place. Uh, you know what? Yeah, you should do we a got show. so much to talk about. Yeah, that'd be great. Absolutely. I've got I've got hotel suites now in my place. Like the oh. Sinatra suite, the Zeppelin suite, the Vinny suite, ah. the Carmine suite. Well, the <laughs> Vinny right. suite is the, where the housekeeping keeps the, the cart, but we can move <laughs> it over. <laughs> Somebody said, uh, AC said, nice shirt, Ron. Yeah. Well, at least she got That's nice. You know, look, so out of square, at, you know. <laughs> what do you have on your hat tonight? This is uh, 13, my birthday. Uh, I got 60s tie-dye. Because that never goes out of style. I'm just saying. No, I, I never wear I never <laughs> wear printed shirts. I have one printed shirt, an, an affliction shirt. That's it. Well, that's, you know, we got to get you some Arcata shirts, some swag. Oh, yeah. Guys, uh, you believe this is 44 <laughs> square. 44 uh, 40... shows without an Arcata shirt. That's all I see it as. Okay, yeah, that's great. All right, we got to send these guys. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Forty-four shows. Though. It really yeah. is, man. I mean, think about it. Forty-four is getting really close to yeah. fifty-two. A full yeah. year. You believe that? A full it's year. This eight stuff. years difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I love when you get to be profound, but you you know it makes everybody just stop and think. <laughs> you can't <laughs> fool me. Can't fool me. All his life. He's been like that all his life. Oh, my gosh. No I mean, wonder he used to you... stop my mother in his tracks. Hey, I, I, I got tracks. a royalty check here from Carmine's company, Power Rock Enterprises. <laughs> I could just oh, did you really? Check it out. How much? How what much? Got there? I, I can't, can't see it. See it. Uh, it's, oh, how much is it? it? $10.33. 1033. That's bigger. At least right? it's got dollars. The last few checks only right? had cents yep. on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know who sent it out? You know who no, sent that out? It was hand delivered by my brother Frank. Lives around your, your older brother. <laughs> I don't even know what it who buys I don't know what's that for. What video I don't know what's for. <laughs> Didn't he give you a statement? I think it's attached back. Yeah, the statement was this is BS. <laughs> this that was the statement. <laughs> He said, he, here's the statement. Here's the statement. I quit from delivering these stupid little checks all my life. Frank. Oh, it was Guys, a, we got a big gross of $12. Did you take taxes out? Big, huge you show tax- tonight. I'd on, love to chat with out? you guys. <laughs> I'd love to chat about Vinny's uh, challenged income situation right now. We can go to In-N-Out I mean, Burger the, and eat. You're talking... Black Sabbath, right? And Dio, you're talking last in line. You're talking a check of ten dollars and fifty three cents. <laughs> How's the career going? <laughs> it's good. It's good. We gotta, we gotta play some karaoke bars soon. But anyway, let's get to our guest tonight because we got these. Love these guys. I'm telling yeah, you, good guys. Oh, just tremendous. And I gotta yeah. say, we've had some great guests every week. I mean, like good people, you know. We do. And yeah. Ted Nugent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Teddy's I hope he's great. not watching. I hope he's not you know watching. What? No, no, he knows where we love him because he right, actually he he's been really cool with us. Not a whole lot of politics. No, just it's all about rock and roll. That's what I love when he plays my place. I yeah. say, Ted, just yeah. kind of you know minimize it a little bit. He's like, 
he gives me two hours of solid rock and roll. Really, really good. Yeah. All right, let's bring to the microphone our first guest. Really excited about him. All kinds of things. You know him from Guns N' Roses, but so many other things. we got a lot to talk about. Let's bring our buddy, Gilby. Gilby. Gilby Clark, where you at, brother? Hey, hey. Hey, dude. Yeah. What's happening, guys? How are you? Gilby. Gilby. Happy to be here. (laughs) Well, welcome. You're hanging and banging with two legends on your left there, or your right, maybe. Yeah, right on, man. (laughs) It's going to get loud in here, that's for sure. (laughs) How did you beat these? You know Carmine, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I know Carmine. I, yeah. I don't know Vinny, yeah. but I've seen Vinny play many times. Yeah, like yeah. Go, going back to the Derringer days. Oh man, yeah, shit! I was there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a huge Derringer fan. Oh really? Huge, huge. Is like, Derringer's yeah, gonna be on this show in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, we're excited. I, what's weird when, else? When, when I first moved to California from from Cleveland, and bands like uh, Van Halen and Quiet Riot and all those bands were just starting out. And uh, I never saw Van Halen live in the, in the club days, but I, I saw Randy Rhodes and all them. And my friends were talking about this guy, Eddie Van Halen, how great he was. That you've never seen anything like it. My quote was, "He'll never be Rick Derringer." Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's a girl. Let's save that one, that story for next week. He yeah, was my hero, good. man. That's a good one. Actually, I, I, I saw what, I saw was... Van Halen at uh, the Whiskey. When I moved out here, wow! And uh, that, that was right after Derringer, and they said you should check this band out, Van Halen. Van Halen, okay. So I went to the Whiskey, and it was packed, of course. And uh, man, that was great. Eddie was, yeah. yeah. Whole band. Local bands back then were insane. Yeah, just yeah. insane. Well, did you get so? So you're, you said one of your uh, icons, obviously. Um, did you? Did you? Were you influenced like methodically how you played by him? Well. You know, it's interesting. I mean, we all have our influences, you know, and stuff. He just, uh, he just, he was everything I wanted to be. You know, it's like he could sing, he could play guitar, he could write songs, he played with other people. Yeah. There's just something about him that I really related to. And I loved his music, you know. It's like I, every record, you know, was to me perfect. I said I, I knew every word to every song. I mean, I, you know, back then I wasn't really listening to records to learn to play guitar. I was just like listening to them for, you know, I just like their music. Sure. Well, wow. somebody's chiped in there watching from Lyon, France. All right. Wow. Wow. Right. Well, everybody, nice. you know, we've got the chat going. So anybody have any questions for our guests towards the end of the show? I'll check out some questions. And if they're cool questions, we'll ask our guests. And you'll win a prize. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, dinner with Gilby Clark at his home. Hey, hey I'll send them this. I'll send them this. Any- I'll send him a yes. I'll send him this. I'll endorse You know what? Him. All kidding aside, a, a freaking autographed thing like that from you, I want that. And I, I, want that. I got the one for 29 cents down there, too. It's somewhere. <laughs> I saw it the other day. These guys are hysterical. Hey, uh, let's bring our next guest also going to join us uh, uh, with our little uh, our jam here tonight. Um, one of the greatest voices in, in rock and roll. Love this guy. Again, so many other uh, things he's been a part of, of course, you know from Asia. Let's bring John Payne. John, hey, there he is. Hey, hey, there he is. Hey, Johnny. Hi, John. How are you? So, good, man. How you doing, bro? Not bad at all. Yeah. Good, can, good. Just, can we just let you talk for the rest of the show, just with your accent, please? Just... <laughs> I'll talk a load. Of, I'll talk a load of rubbish. Yeah, I'm really from uh, Queens, New York. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah. It, like, it, like uh, Queens in like your Dan- dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now that's another story. Right. Um, there's um, like David Coverdale. I had uh, elocution lessons. Really? <laughs> to speak 
to speak properly. <laughs> hey, Dick, yeah. and now we got everybody saying where they're from. We got Sweden, Philadelphia, wow. Tennessee. Yeah. Everybody keeps saying where you're from. Montreal. Chime in so yeah. we know where we're, who we're know. talking about. We are Las Vegas. We Germany. Are Germany. Gilby Clark, Germany. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, guys, welcome to Hanging and Banging. So good to see you. John, what have you been doing to keep your chops going? I mean, you got to be uh, – we're going to start opening the, the venue soon. So, Yeah, and, and we're playing at your place at some stage when it gets <laughs> – August 28th. August 28th. Yeah, August 28th. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't been there for a while. Yes. And uh, looking forward to having a nice meal beforehand. <laughs> yeah, the meatballs, the meatballs. Yes, yeah. yes. It's a lovely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've been – uh, I set up a studio here in Las Vegas. Well, I set up, I bought a house and and uh, it stopped becoming a house. It's basically a studio with a couple of bedrooms. I've got a 80 channel mixing console. It's all analog and stuff. And wow. 25 foot ceilings and and it's it's really helped out during this time of of uh, no concerts. I mean, I came back from a cruise, um, which many of us have done, the rock and roll cruises out oh, yeah. of Fort Lauderdale. On March 15th, America was shut down. And uh, basically until last weekend, that was the first time I did a gig. Mm. And it's been over a year without a show. Yeah, Where'd you do um, a gig? I did a corporate gig in Dallas for a guy's uh, wow. birthday, a guy called Dave Stickland, who, who's an, actually an English guy. And uh, it was his wife, Andrea's birthday. And they, they bought the... The hotel for three nights. Wow! With a Virgin Hotel there, yeah. and Coolio was on, <laughs> uh, Young MC, Tone Loke, and, and John Payne. We would, and me <laughs> with with the with the Asian band, and um, we had Billy Gibbons do twelve songs oh, with us. Nice, oh, was phenomenal. And Billy's tone, he had a Magnavox amp, yeah, and his tone yeah, was just yeah. just superb. And he sang great, and he was really cool. He goes, okay. You sing every other line in Sharp Dressed Man. So I got to sing Sharp Dressed Man with Billy. And he's, he's, he's a gentleman, a real gentleman. And, yeah, and hopefully we, I'll work with him again. Yeah, we did a gig with uh, Drum Wars, me and Vinny, last year, uh, just before the uh, everything shut down in uh, Washington, D.C. And Billy was the special guest. And I think I played. You didn't get to play with him, right, Vin? I no, no, I, I, I played with him at some point. But we had to play really low. Yeah, yeah. He plays very quiet. Yeah. He has no monitors on stage mm -hmm. or anything. It's unbelievable. So, so Gilby, listen to this. We, we're <laughs> setting up just before the show. Mm -hmm. Billy actually rehearsed one day at, at my house here in Vegas. We all rehearsed in, in the house, and uh, we got him a couple of monitors, and he just plugged into one of the amps here, and was so low maintenance. We come to do the gig, and we're, we're all on in ears. We take our in ear system with us, and he goes to me. He goes. Hey, get the sound guy over. And he goes, sound guy. He goes, what are these? He said, they're wedges for you. You've got two wedges. He goes, I don't want these. He goes, he says, why? He goes, I spent a lot of money on these shoes. People have got to see my shoes. Probably the velvet ones, yep. <laughs> yeah, the velvet ones. That's a good one. And, and the monitors were stripped away, and he just hears his voice from out front. From out front. Isn't that insane? Wow. It is insane. But, you know, it's the same thing with a lot of the early English vocalists and how I learned as well. It's like Steve Marriott and um, hey, Vanilla Fudge guys. had no monitors for years. Yeah, no well, monitors. you know, look at Rod, Rod Stewart. The, the, the you develop these croaky voices because you had to sing above everything else, and the PA was out in front of you, 
I mean, I never had wedges yeah. at wow. all. Yeah. You know, yeah, we, the first time I had wedges was 1973 with uh, BBA. Wow. That's the first time. Right, right. Before right. that, vanilla fudge, cactus, no wedges. Hmm. I mean, that's Sing impossible. Think about it. Yeah. Well, like you said, if you're used to it and you do it every night, you really don't know the difference. Yeah. You know, I guess. it's yeah. great. I've done I've done lots of gigs with Billy, and it just blows my mind because you're right. He plays quiet volume, and he doesn't want any weight. He wants to just hear the surroundings. You know. Yeah, and he, he was saying that ZZ. He said that ZZ Top plays so quietly yeah. on stage. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. That's that's the and, trick. You know, yeah. It. He's got he's got tone for miles and. Yeah. Seven, seven gauge strings. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and a great guy, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's wonderful. Loves everybody. Yeah. Great, generous with the fans. Just has a great time. <laughs> I don't know how he gets those those hats that are like knitted for him or whatever the heck they, he's yeah. wearing. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. a great, great guy. I'm going to throw it a different direction here. So, you guys, I put on Italian festivals in Chicago here. And one year... I had Nancy Sinatra at my Italian festival. Right. So, you know, now, so what, what do I get, right? I've got all these blue hairs, all these, they think she's going to come out and do Fly Me to the Moon and, and New York, <laughs> New York, and they're all sitting there, and she comes out, and her band all looking like Gilby, wow, <laughs> boots where it was like a rock thing. People almost gave people heart attacks. But Gilby, you played with Nancy. Yeah, many years, like about five years. <laughs> really? Wow. Made a, yeah, made wow. a couple records with her. And when when I first started with her, um, she had Hal Blaine on drums. Oh, yeah. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, wow. which is really, really great. And uh, it's, it's, it's uh, you know Don Randy that owns the uh, baked potato here in yeah, Los yes, Angeles? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So Don was her musical director, and I used to go out there on Tuesday nights. Wow. Carmine, you've been there yeah, a few yeah. times. Oh, yeah. And Don came up to me one time and said, you know, Nancy's going to do a record and tour. Do you, would you be interested? And I go, you do hear how loud I play. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and, and they goes, you know, Nancy always likes to have two guitar players. She likes a rock and roll guy and she wants someone who plays the jazz. So I, I, I got in there with her and the first thing it is, it's a reading gig. They just hand you the sheet music. Oh. And I mean, I can read like most musicians, you know, chord <laughs> charts, things like yeah. that, you know. And I started looking at it. the hardest problem I had is they're all from the 60s and they're written in pencil. Oh. <laughs> I don't know about you, but my eyes aren't so bad, but I mean pencil. <laughs> I really, I was like, and, and then she hand you sheet music. I go, ah, you know, I think I can figure this one out with the sheet music, you know, but because like, the songs weren't that hard except for some of the jazz stuff. But, yeah. uh, but I ended up, um, like I said, did many years with Hal and then I actually brought in Clem Burke. Played drums with her oh, uh, nice. for quite a few years. Nice. What, was, what a great! Clem is a great drummer. Well, he used to go to the yeah. Fox and Fox and Hounds on uh, Ventura Boulevard, and uh, I bumped into Clem many times in there. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's, he's it's good great. thing you didn't get Vinny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. More off the stage. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, if she did any ballads, forget about it. You know, yeah. that's one the of thing. his is no ballads. <laughs> I used to turn my Marshall yeah. cabinet the other way, oh, yeah. you know, away from the front, because you, know, you know it was a little bit loud. But but she loved it. She's sweetheart. Yeah, you know, I was right. My family's Italian, so the only problem about that, those tours were I gained twenty to thirty pounds oh. every time because they, they always go to the best Italian restaurant in town at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh yeah, just like your dad. Yeah. And it's uh, and, yeah, and they, you're, you're they kept these, open. They kept it open for her. They kept it just open like for her. You know? And you go and you eat, and it's like you know. And then you go to bed, and you know yeah. what happens. Yeah. I did that with Rod Stewart too. We used to finish the gig and then go to a, 
the best restaurant in town, you know, and then go to bed. I, you go to bed. So I, <laughs> and it's a I, stopped doing, I stopped doing it. I said, I can't yeah. do this. I'm just getting weight. Why well, you stop going to bed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would just go to just bed. Stay, just stay at the Italian restaurant. <laughs> so yeah. you, you mentioned Gilby Clark's name. I got to be honest. Nancy Sinatra is probably not the first name that comes to mind when I mention yours. <laughs> just like when I mentioned John Payne, like Johnny Cash's stepdaughter doesn't come to my mind. I know. That's weird. How it? does that happen? And I know. I worked with her for three years and... Uh, Carleen Carter is just just such a cool singer, and oh. I did a project with her in Canada and um, in uh, Scandinavia, and uh, it did really well. Um, and we occasionally keep in touch, but yeah, it's kind of bizarre. What kind of music was that? It was uh, nice. a rock with a bit of country and western in wow. it, hmm. and there were there were two Norwegian Norwegian stars, and and me and Carleen and. It was it was a cool record. It was actually produced by the same guy that did the band TNT out of Trondheim up in wow. the north in Norway. What wow. did the, the CCP is it is it the Russian CC, CCCP? So it was uh, Karin Casino oh. uh, Claudia. Okay, I, you know I know <laughs> that Russia yeah. used to be called CCCP. I thought it had something to do with that. Well, I kind of think it was just a play on it. Oh, really. Okay. It was Swedish, wasn't it? Some kind of a Swedish? <coughs> Norwegian, Norwegian. Norwegian. Norwegian, right, right, right. So, so what I want to know is, who in your family was Italian, Gilby? Yeah. My, my mother. Yeah. Your mother. What was the yeah, last my name? my mother, Santorella. Hey, oh. yo. <laughs> just, like, just like Eddie Trunk, his mother yep. is yeah. Italian. Too. We, we're finding all these cool things out on this show. I know. You know? <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It really is. But Gilby, would you do me a favor from now on? It, could it be G-I-L-B-I, please? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I know Clark isn't very Italian. Well, it does have a vowel, though. I appreciate you it's throwing that in there. Clark, <laughs> Clark. Well, I'm sure you guys can all relate. You know, it's like you go through your life, be like, yeah, I'm Italian, I'm Italian. They go, Clark? Yeah. It's not Italian. I go, well, you know, it's my mother. Yeah. <laughs> Which was the good food side. So, uh, but you, look, you could look Italian. He does. He's he's Italian. Italian. He's got, he's, he looks uh, Italian. He's got the mustache. <laughs> the mustache. <laughs> Just like our yeah, moms. Yeah. Well, my brother Frank used to have that mustache, but he had short hair. So he used to tell me he looked like a porn star. <laughs> yeah, the short hair the, and the, the mustache. big porn handle. Oh, it's Ron Jeremy. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 there you go. Gilby, um, I, I gotta, I, I gotta go to the GNR years because you know I'm, I'm, I'm hearing all these stories. You know, obviously we know about the lovely and talented Axel Rose. How, how you know this freaking world little nuts. How did you? It seemed like you were like, literally like a, a ping pong ball, uh, being like, or like a cat with a mouse. Just, I mean, that whole experience is like freaking weird. I mean, in a nutshell, what was that about? Well, I mean, the the good thing for myself was by the time I got in the band, I was uh, I actually just turned thirty. So, you know, from being around Hollywood all those years, you know, you you have some pretty crazy experiences. So by the time I got into the band, I've been around a little bit, and I knew the guys, you know, like as friends. And actually, I knew Izzy the best, which was odd because I ended up replacing him. But what what I kind of caught on with the band was it just kind of seemed like it was a disaster. Mm -hmm like every day but for some reason it always worked out it's like I, I it used to blow my mind from being in bands and making records like whenever something bad happened it was so dramatic and it could take your band down but with that band it's like the worst things happened that it's like the better it was it's almost like a promo or it was something. late but it worked out it, exactly yeah we were a little bit late every night but uh 
But yeah, I mean, you know, Slash kind of told me early on, he goes, one of the great things about being in a band, it was like, it was like the license to be a fuck up. You know, it's like, you <laughs> really could, you really could practically get away with murder. But when you did, um, when you did the, um, uh, the Stone song with Slash, like you do, was that your idea? Was that his idea? Oh, it was. Yeah. So, so here's what's interesting. When I got the gig, um, I played with them a couple times. Like I basically, from the day that I walked into the rehearsal studio with them, within two weeks, I was on stage with them. But so I only played with them a couple times, you know. And with, I was in, talking with them for about a week, and then Slash called me and says, "You got the gig. The first show's next week. Learn the whole catalog." Oops. And that time it was a fifty-song catalog, oh. and and I said, "Well, why don't you just give me the set list?" And they said. There is no set list. We make it up as it goes along. <laughs> so I literally had a week to learn 50 songs. Oh, and this man. is before YouTube. So I just sat there, you know, with, you know, with a, a cassette player, realistically, and, and learned everything. And then when I got to the very first show, we're at Soundcheck, and Slash came up to me and he goes, what are you going to do for your solo? Mm -hmm. And I went, solo? Mm -hmm. What the fuck am I? You're the lead guitar. What am I going to do? I'm going to sit there and play guitar, and then Slash comes up, who everybody knows. You know, like, I'm not, I'm, so I came up with an idea. I go, well, maybe I'll play a little bit of Wild Horses, yeah. and then do you want to come doodle with me? And it really, it was, it happened the same day, the first day, and it just kind of organically grew into something that was kind of fun. Like every night, we changed it up a little. Well, bit. I tell you what, it was, a, it became a highlight of the show. Oh, thank God. I don't know. I mean, no, there's did. some great stuff going on, but, but it was fun. It was fun because we, we never, that one thing about that band is it never planned anything. I mean, even the day I got in, I was never told what to play, what to wear, what to do. <laughs> was, it's like all that was, was left Steven open. Was Steven the drummer when you came in or was it Matt? Matt came in first. Matt was in about a year before I did. Okay. So you never played with Steven Adler? Not not with them. I've played with Steven since, you know, right. but yeah, not, yeah. not during those years now. Yeah. So, so John, you know, just like as Gilby joining like a, a band that was going heroes of his at the time, friends of his, you know, um, uh, you know, John Wetton obviously replaced him. And how was that joining, you know, a band such as an international superstar band? A little, uh, little yeah, nervous. It, it was difficult. I mean, you're talking about um, uh, Klodna named them the first supergroup. Wow. You, you got. ELP, UK, Buggles, yes, all forming this band. And there's me sort of coming from nowhere. So it, it, was, it was quite unnerving. And our first gig was at NHK Hall in Japan, yeah. in Tokyo, where we had three nights. Yeah. And I didn't know what to expect. You know? And uh, luckily, it, it went well, but I must admit, uh, I don't really get nervous at shows, but those first few shows, I was, I was terrified. <laughs> I was terrified more of what people would, would, would say about me. And, and still, you know, you even ask Brian Johnson or you ask anybody that's joined a, a band, um, even if it's the Rolling Stones, you're the new boy, even if you've been in the band for 40 years. Mm -hmm. It never changes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. But they were, were they welcoming? I mean, I played, I've, I've, I haven't played, I've had those guys, uh, I had Asia uh, at my place a couple times, and I mean, they're all nice guys, uh, three three out of four of them were, for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, so they're really quirky, yeah. they're really, really, really quirky, and as a band, it's not like they all go and hang out together, same with Yes, it's like, they all love each other and they all absolutely hate each other. Exactly. And 
You know, you've got Steve Howe, who's very different very. from, say, John Whitten or Carl Palmer. They're, they're really like four separate people. And that first Asia record, you know, everyone expected it to be this prog extravaganza. Yeah. And it, it wasn't. It was a it was a rock pop record. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that there was always a lot of infighting and changing members and stuff. And I got on it very well with, with, with Jeff. And we, we, you know, we did all the, all the <coughs> songwriting when I joined. But... Um, there, there were some very bizarre moments. Well, Jeff, yeah. I mean, Jeff was definitely uh, the, the, the smiliest uh, uh, of them because you I remember? don't think I met four guys that just never smiled <laughs> at all, <laughs> stayed in their dressing room until one minute to freaking showtime. <coughs> and that's why I was wondering if they were, I mean, welcoming to you at first and warm, mm. or was it just business, this business? I mean, I became friends with all of them, but... It was all of them separately. It was like on a one-to-one. As a band, it wasn't like this big, like how my band is now and bands have been before. It wasn't like a big family. Mm. And it was all worked on a one-to-one. And then people, you know, had their times. Steve would either be really happy or really pissed off. And then there'd be, you know, infighting. You know, with a... When you start a band, get that, will you? If that's my mum, tell her I'm busy. Um, they are all. It's not like a band that grew up together and stayed together and and found this family. It's a band that already everybody was really successful. Mm-hmm. Everybody were, was probably a millionaire at the time, and they got together and and were really put together by David Geffen and John Colodner. Mm-hmm. Huh. And um, you know, John Wetton wasn't even going to be the lead vocalist. Really? Um, they tried the first guy from Journey uh, for for a while. Greg Raleigh? And no, the guy. Did, oh, the um, guy. Um, can't think of his name. Yes. Come on. <laughs> what guy is there that? Was, I thought it was Greg Raleigh. Before no, he, he 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 did one. He did one freaking album or something. Um, did. Yeah, I can't think of his uh, name. Okay, but there was a there was a vocalist before Steve yeah. Perry, and wow. of course, of course, Greg is wrong. But there was... I've been like been lucky to work with Greg. Greg's a really really cool guy. Yeah. Phenomenal. Look, what a lot of people don't know is I started off as a as a guitarist, and you were talking about um, Van Halen, and uh, uh, I I was obviously like all this great fan of Eddie's playing, and I was in a three piece. Hendrix type band in my village in outside London, and I went to see uh, my favorite guitarist at the time was Schenker. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. And Michael Schenker group was supported by Van Halen at the Rainbow Theater in London. Was it Robert Fleischman? Robert tour. Fleischman. It is Fleischman. It was Fleischman. Robert Fleischman. Correct. Correct. He was the first Journey vocalist. He mm-hmm. was. So I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I, I went. I went and saw um, uh, Michael Schenker group supported by Van Halen. And I was this cocky kid who thought he was bee's knees playing guitar. And uh, I saw Eddie Van Halen come on first and went, oh, shit. Oh, right. And then Shanko go, okay, I think I'm going to concentrate more on singing than guitar playing. <laughs> wow. But Where some people influence you, they, he influenced you not to play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. But now, now I'm, 
Now I'm back playing and I love it. I play a lot with fingers. I play strangely. I only play downstrokes. Um, but I got to do, you know, I, I had this thing after my Vegas show called the Rock Pack, which is like the Rat Pack. But, you know, Lou, Lou Graham's done it. Um, uh, loads of singers. But I got to uh, get to do some Santana stuff. And I bought a 60s SG wow. and did all the early uh, yeah. Santana stuff and played guitar. But... Um, yeah, so that's how I started. It's incredible, man. Well, you, you mentioned Jeff Jeff and the Buggles. So we, yes. we played Ron's place with the Platinum Rock All-Stars. Oh, yeah. they, had, they had Jeff, Rudy Sazo, Gene, Gene Cornish, uh, Bumblefoot, and uh, who was the other guy? Um, Gene? Robert Fleshman. Oh, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> Phil Narrow, Phil Narrow. Phil, we played right, that right. song. We played that song, Video Kills the Radio video. Star. And it was really funny, you know. The first song ever on MTV. Yeah. 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 When they launched when they launched the satellite, that was the first time. Video they played. kill the radio star. <laughs> <laughs> I like you playing no. overhand there. <laughs> yeah. Vinny would never do that. No, no. Did you no. 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 Did you use did you use brushes? <laughs> oh no, I, I used I used the butt I used the butt end of my stick like I always used. Right. You know? right. Why is this? Oh, go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, people go, do you use brushes? I always reply, why, is my hair messed up? <laughs> oh. No I brushes. can't picture you. You'd play, a, you'd play a ballad before you use a brush. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you say, somebody said you play with so, brushes. I only use one. Yeah. <laughs> Vinny, I thought you used brushes on Heaven and Hell, but maybe I'm Oh, wrong. no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'd love to hear so, that. It would be You'll, called no. Heaven and... Something else. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> heaven, heaven and brushes. Heaven and brushes. Heaven and hair. <laughs> now, Gilby, we talk a little bit about the GNR stuff. I mean, hours we could spend on the weirdness of that whole deal, man. Um, but hey, uh, but wait, before you get going, yeah. it's time for the commercial. All right, we can do that now. We'll do the commercial because I'll tell you what, we started doing these commercials. Next week, just like this week, an amazing show. Let's let everybody see what we got in store for them next week. It's Vinny Apathy. And Carmine Peace. It's not Apathy, it's a Peace. And we're here to tell you about our hanging and banging show. Yeah, and we got some special guests on April 15th. Hey guys, we'll be right back uh, at from 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And 4 p.m. Welcome back to our Hanging and Banging podcast. I'm Ronald. And his guests are Dweezil Zappa. It's like a Sons of Rockstar. We got Dweezil Zappa, the son of Frank Zappa, who's a friend of mine. And Dweezil played on my guitars, so I know Dweezil for a long time. And we also have... Uh, the son of the legendary Ginger Baker, Kofi Baker, good friend also, and uh, he's going to be there too. Yeah, remember we did show. that gig together with him, and yep. uh, drum was gig with Kofi, me and, and, and Vinny, it was awesome. Yep. So be there April 15th, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Western, or Eastern with Pacific, whatever you want to call it. And... Uh, Artists on Lockdown on Facebook. My sensors indicate an intruder is present. <laughs> oh, and those guys. Those must guys. Be those guys. We're not intruders. We'll see you there. You guys. I only have. Hey. I only have one shirt. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that gig was at your place with Kofi. Oh, I know that. I know yeah. Kofi. Yeah. Kofi used to live in Chicago. 
He oh, called me he? every week. You got any openings? You got any openings? I'm like, go if I can't. You know, legendary only goes so far every week here, man. We got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But uh, no, it's going to be a great show. I'll tell you another. I mean, Dweezil, what a gentleman and what a genius, really. Something, yeah, uh, yeah. That apple didn't fall short from the tree, as they say. That's far right. From the tree. That's right. So anyway, let me him. get back to Gilby. Yeah. The GNR, another weirdness thing. I Kind of weird. I don't know. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to focus on this on the whole show, but uh, I'm watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, and Stephen and you and and how did that whole thing uh, go down? Uh, how did, actually did you know you're going to be on that at the time? Well, uh, to be honest, I, I I don't really follow that stuff, yeah. you know. So I didn't I didn't even know that GNR had been nominated, let alone you know accepted or all that. I really wasn't paying attention, you know, and then. Uh, I got a call from Matt, and Matt told me, you know, what was happening, and uh, and I go, whoa, that's kind of weird, because actually, I, I didn't get inducted as part of the band. Matt and Dizzy did, along with the original that's five so guys. Weird, yeah, yeah, and I thought it was a little odd, and and so I, it, but by the time I found out, it was past, you know, <laughs> what was, you know, going down, and and they, uh, and so, about two days before. First of all, I didn't think anybody was going to play or anything. Two days before the show, uh, Duff called me and says, hey, we're going to play. And I go, oh, well, have a good time. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and he goes, and I go, well, who's going to play? I go, I thought Axel's not going and Izzy's not mm -hmm. going. He goes, well, they're not, but we want to do something. He goes, will you come out? So my wife and I flew out and we did the show. And we literally rehearsed for it at 3 o'clock in the morning the night before. <laughs> and that may sound weird, but... But Duff had a show in Cleveland the night before. He was doing something with his own band. And so we literally rehearsed after his show at 3 o'clock in the morning. So we actually, like I played with Steven, uh, Slash, and, and uh, Duff, and then Miles Kennedy sang. But what was weird for me was, like I said, being not inducted, I, I didn't think it was so strange because the Red Hot Chili Peppers were getting inducted at the same time, mm -hmm. and like like they did the same thing. They just kind of like picked and choose. Like Dave Navarro, who had been on two multi-million selling records, wasn't inducted yeah. with the Chili Peppers, but a guitar player that paid on their first album was. Huh. So you know, when when I started hearing about all this stuff, I said, well, you know, it is. I go, are we getting paid for it? No, you know, who cares? Okay. Hey, same same thing with same thing with Black Sabbath. The different versions. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie didn't get inducted. I didn't get inducted. Just the original band. And meanwhile, was another whole yeah. half of band, half a career that that had successful records. I brought it very back. Very big successful records. And Ronnie joined. Yeah, you know? yeah. and none, yeah. none of my bands got inducted. Vanilla Fudge. It's coming. Give me a break. It's coming. We've got yeah. bullshit. We've got. I don't, the I mean, we can go on, I don't we can care. go on for hours about it. I mean, like, <laughs> it just awful. you know we we, we all. Whether you care or don't care, I don't, and care. I don't really know it, if it it affects anything. It's like no, it I always say, it's one more line in your bio that no one's paying. But then I got a, a spam email <laughs> from them care. saying, "Why don't you visit our merchandise shop and pick out a nice gift?" Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. like they want me to buy something from their merch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, I'll, I'll buy one shirt and you induct me. Deal. <laughs> Yeah. I just thought that spoke volumes, the kind of guy you are, stand-up guy who did that. You know, a lot of guys wouldn't have done it, and I think it was cool that you did that. So, Well, thank you. I mean, to be honest, the only reason why I did it was because Duff asked me. Yeah. And, and Duff's my friend, yeah. you know, Slash is my friend. And it, it and I did it plainly for that. I, had, I honestly didn't even think about all that other stuff. You know, we had no roadies. 
No text. Oh, nothing. no. We literally oh, no. walked. I, no, I'm not kidding. Because <laughs> wow. it wasn't planned. We decided to do it, like I said, like a day or so before. I literally like walked on and plugged into an amp I'd never seen before. Oh, wow. shit. Wow. You know, we talked a little bit, uh, John, you touched a little bit on uh, the rock pack earlier. Obviously, I plan, I plan the words on the rat pack, only a rock and roll style rat That's pack, cool. right? Good name. And uh, yeah, very, very cool. And um, and I was looking at some of the people that uh, perform with this. It's a great concept. And um, would you, could you, uh, um, who was like your, your best combination, do you think? Who was someone that was like, man, we got to take this one on the road? Yeah, I mean, it, it was quite a surprise surprising thing and I put it together quite shortly after leaving my Vegas show mm -hmm. Raiding the Rock Vault in 2014. So I had this concept of having uh, an English pub on stage and uh, my version of, of Asia would come out, do three Asia songs and then a big screen would come up with a pub in Covent Garden in London and then on one side of the stage there was this bar with a load of drinks in, with someone behind the bar, and I'd go and serve a drink. I said, I've known the guy 20 years, it's Lou Grant from Foreigner, and Lou would come out. I'd talk to him briefly for a couple of minutes about his career, and then we'd go and do three or four Foreigner songs. Um, great concept. Basically, everybody that did it, <coughs> it, was, it, was, it was so cool. Um, the first half would be the three Asia songs, and then Lou would come on and do one, and then uh, Mickey Thomas would come on and do one, and Fee Wable from the Tubes would come and do one. Uh, or, or they actually they did three each, and then the second half, it was just one, 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 and then we'd all sing together at the end. But um, as performers, um, Tony Lewis from the outfield, who sadly, God rest his soul. one of my best friends, God rest his soul, he sang in the same keys, you know, he's got that. Colin Hay Sting type voice, yeah. they're really high, singing in the same keys. His voice was just phenomenal. Mickey Thomas, still hitting high E wow. in Jane. You know? uh, Robin Zander, wow. I mean, it's, it, and as a performer, Fee Wable from the Tubes, um, what, a, what a great front man, you know, uh, from the early songs like White Punks on Dope mm -hmm. to uh, She's a she's a beauty, you know, oh, great which is very kind of very kind of hi-fi, and actually kind of difficult to play a lot of those songs. So and I, I don't really think I had a favorite. But the whole thing is just a great concept. I mean, you know, to do to bring like Lou or you would have brought like a Tony or like two or three of those guys and do a show like that. Bring yeah. them on, bring them on, bring them on. Like it's a greatest hits kind of a thing hosted. I mean. As a promoter and a venue owner, I would have been first in line. Like, I want that show. Yeah, one, at one stage, um, we had like six people involved in it from Steve Walsh in Kansas, oh, you know, doing gosh. Dust in the Wind. Hey, and um, we played a, a few stadiums down in, in Florida with it. And it, it, was, it was very, very cool. And I, and I continue to do a similar thing still. Hey, right. hey Ron. I'm, I'm, Ron. Yeah, man. You're not only a venue owner and a promoter. You. This is going to be a host. shot, guys. You're a talk show host now too. <laughs> you got to add yeah. that in the yeah. resume. 
Listen, yeah. for me to be the second banana to the Apathy of Peace Brothers, are you kidding me? <laughs> How cool am I? I get the hell you guys. I have a question for John. John, was the, I saw the Rock Vault many times with Paul Shortino. Right, yeah, me too. Was yeah. that your idea? So uh, I came up with uh, a concept and I wrote a 42-page uh, treatment, which was basically the story of my life growing up hearing music from the 60s, Radio Caroline out in the yeah. in the sea, sure. going from and on one side of the stage I had an AM radio station, and then I brought it to my friend David Kirschenbaum, who was an entrepreneur, record producer, right. he produced Tracy Chapman, Duran uh, Duran, and he was an A and M executive, and he kind of helped me put it all together, and. Uh, you know, it was it was the. But there was some the other guy. Music, there was some other music. guy involved in. There it. was a guy. There was a guy called Harry Cal, who was the producer who got right. um, an investor involved. Right. And um, you know, it it was great. I had Elvis's old dressing room, and that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I've been there many times uh, with Paul, and I yeah. I, I loved the show, and all my friends were in it, and Howard Lease was in it when I saw it. Yeah, him. it was a great show. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I bought Howard in. I, I bought Paul in. Wow. I bought Tracy Tracy Guns. Yeah. Doug Doug Aldridge. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It was it was cool. I also got Lou to do a couple of shows with wow. us. I, Mickey I, Thomas. I didn't know that you were. I, I remember seeing you play bass, and then they had this guy from Bon Jovi playing bass too. Yes. Yes. Is that what is it? It all it, it all went a bit funny and got into uh, some legal shit that. Sorry. As usual with something, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, it was a great time, and I was happy to be in, involved in the creation of it. You know? Well, it's cool about the whole reinvention, about doing that. Um, you know, you, you created something out of nothing. You're a part of something that really grew. I mean, I saw it several times. A great, great performance, a great a concept. Um, uh, how about Rockstar Supernova? I mean, <laughs> let's talk about it. Mean, <laughs> I didn't expect that response from you, Gilby, but but I mean, you know, you got Tommy Lee, which is another guy I can't imagine too far from Axel up here, kind of. <laughs> I know, I seem to hang out with those guys. Know, Maybe yeah. it's you, bro. Yeah. Maybe it's you. <laughs> but, well, the Supernova thing was interesting because what happened was the uh, the first season they did it, which was just called Rockstar, was for In Excess. Mm -hmm. Well, when they first started it, uh, they put a call out. They were thinking of having like an all-star backing band uh, for the singers because they, they it was very important to them that they represented like rock and roll rather than the pop kind of music so they wanted a live band and so they put out a call and I auditioned for the the backing band and my band I auditioned with was Steve Gorman and Johnny Colt from the Black Crows I would play guitar Ryan Roxy from Alice Cooper's band played guitar and Dizzy from Guns N' Roses played keyboards and when we auditioned they, uh, the producer, Mark Burnett, kept asking us to play more songs, play, play more songs. And, you know, we, we did it for a couple hours, went by. And then they called us like the next day. He said, we decided we're going to go in a different direction for the backing band. But I have something I want to talk to you about. And so he said, I think next year we're going to try something where we want to start a band. Like start a band from fresh, get a couple guys together with some names. And then we'll audition the singers to be in it. So when the next year came along, they called me and they said, hey, put some names together for your, you know, your band. And I did. 
and Tommy Lee and Jason Newstead weren't on my list. Yeah. <laughs> and so what happened was Mark Burnett ran into Tommy Lee in Malibu somewhere, and he told Tommy about it, and Tommy goes, oh, my God, I want to be in it. And if you guys know Tommy, you know, he's very excitable. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a little kid. <laughs> exactly. He's yeah. very excitable. So Tommy came aboard, and when Tommy came aboard, it just it, the whole thing changed. Yeah. And, uh, and Tommy's going, wow, let, let's call Jason. He's not playing with anybody. So then it became myself, Tommy, and Jason. And Dave Navarro was actually the one who taught, he was the host of the show. He wasn't in the band, he was the host. He's kind of the one who talked me into it because, to be honest, I, you know, being in the backing band didn't sound so bad to me, but being like a part of the show, I was, I was a little, had some reservations. You know, I never mm. thought that rock and roll was really represented right on television. You know, it all, they always kind of, right. you know, candied it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we had a conversation, and, and Mark Burnett and, and Dave Navarro, the ones who talked me into it, and they said, look, we will never, ever tell you what to say, what to wear, or be yourself. We want you to be yourself. And so that's kind of what happened. It's like we really, you know, and, and they, we got to be ourselves. We started a band, did it. We, it was a tour, a record involved. And, and it, I actually had a great time doing the band and doing the TV show. But, you know, we had to do the band business, you know, mm -hmm. with touring and all that. It started getting and a little silly. And that kills silly, it. It's like everything else, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. When the lawyers got involved, it started getting Oh, yeah. You know, uh -huh. I, I was with Ozzy. I was with Ozzy when we took them, Motley Crue, on their very first tour. Oh, my God. You know, and, and I saw it like John Bonham stuff being done, like the spinning, grab the cymbals yeah. with Tommy. And I said, wow, dude, that's pretty cool. Where'd you get it? He goes, from John Bonham. I said, well, indirectly, you got it from me because I used to yeah. <laughs> I used to do that with, you, you, with vanilla fudge, you know, <laughs> yeah. and he didn't believe me. So after after the uh, tour, he came mm. over to my house. I had this big house in, in Sherman Sherman Oaks, mm. had like a four thousand square foot house with all these you know, saunas and everything. So he came over the house and I showed him videos from the Ed Sullivan show, wow, nineteen sixty eight. I said, "There it is." He says, "Wow, dude, I can't." He says, you know, dude, dudes, every other thing. Dude, dude, yeah, yeah. Dude, I can't believe it that you did that before Bonzo, dude. Oh, my God. And then first he walks into my house and says, man, I got to get a crib like this one day. You know, right. And then he ended up, you know, where he ended up. But then I showed him the end of the song, uh, Shotgun, which was very similar to the end of Rock and Roll, which was done four years before. And yeah. when he saw that, he went, dude, I can't believe it. So then, And we became buddies. I would go to his house when he was married to Heather. And we, oh, yeah. we'd watch Gene Krupa videos, oh, the old wow. videos on his oh, big screen yeah. TV, and, and we'd be talking about stick spinning and all that, and we'd go up you know, in his drum room and screw around. But can you like imagine, a little kid. He was always like a little kid. You can know? you imagine yeah. the video that favorite. was on there before the Gene Krupa one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I do. Hey, I hey, do. Just for, the re <laughs> just for the record, my house is 4,005 square feet. Yeah, <laughs> these brothers are always one up in each other, man. Every See, week. That was that was yeah. the old house. It's that five square squat, five square feet makes the difference. <laughs> That's what we say. It's always that, that one inch that counts, right? My driveway's four thousand <laughs> square said. feet. <laughs> hey, John, you take me down the the timing and your involvement. You were to you were uh, uh, friends with Jeff Lynn. You were supposed to be part of ELO. You were part of ELO too. How did that whole thing? Uh, yeah. Okay. Actually, going, it's, uh, I always loved ELO, mm -hmm. and going to, to drummers, it was actually uh, Bev Bevan who contacted me, and a guy called Peter Haycock, who was in the band, Climax Blues sure. Band. And uh, 
Jeff had decided that he didn't want anything more to do with, with ELO and do his solo stuff. And, and it's all, the guy's a genius. He's a songwriter, singer, oh, yeah. producer. I mean, he, he's the extra Beatle, yeah. basically. Um, and uh, Bev asked me to, uh, to, to join. And I said, oh, this would be really cool. And this was just before Asia. And um, I went to 44 Parkside Wimbledon, which is where the offices for Jet Records were, and met with um, Sharon's dad. Don. Ah, uh, yes. Don. Mr. Don, Don Arden. Arden. Yeah, Arden. The infamous Don Arden. I know Don. Yes. And I just, yeah, I know I just Don. come from <laughs> I just come from being managed by Bill Kirbishley from The Who yeah. to, to uh, meeting with Don Arden. And then actually... Thirdly, after that, uh, was Simon Napier-Bell, who was actually the guy with Raiding the Rockfall, who came up with the original idea of, of having a show with well-known people on. Um, but Don, uh, I'd heard all these stories about him hanging Robert Stigwood out inside mm-hmm. the window. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, Legendary. And, and, and kidnapping their accountant <laughs> and beating him with a paperweight. Um, <laughs> but he was, he, was, he was a tough cookie. Yeah. And it got into a lot of negotiations. I went over to the States at the time to work with Jim Steinman on pre-production um, at the power station. And uh, it, they nev- it never came to fruition for me. Um, Jeff Lynn didn't want it to be called ELO. They wanted it to be called ELO Part 2. And then uh, during that time, um, I got asked by... Uh, Jeff Downs to join Asia, and I went, yeah, I'm leaving this disaster. And I remember Don Arden calling me up and threatening me. <laughs> Nobody leaves me, son. Watch your back, wow. right? So they, they used to do it with, um, in the original days, with bands, um, with Black Sabbath in the original days. He said he'd yeah. smash up a venue if the, if the band didn't play there. And if the band wasn't playing there, someone would come round and smash all the windows and everything. My goodness. It was the Birmingham Mafia. Yeah, he managed one of my bands I was in called World War Three, but it was brief. I remember that. And that's probably what it wound up being. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yo, uh, Gilby, uh, tell me, well, first of all, would you ever do anything with Steven? Uh, I mean, he's, like, he's coming by us, too. Uh, would you do a walk-on with, uh, with Adler? Would you do... Uh... Oh, Steven, I love Steven. Yeah, Steven, right. um, one of the first shows that Steven did when he kind of was getting back into things, he <clears throat> went to uh, South, South America with me. I was, I, I used to, most rock bands do well in South America, mm-hmm. and... My uh, my first solo record I did in '94. We actually had three top ten singles in Argentina. Wow! And when I went down there, I did shows with uh, with Aerosmith. And one time when I went down, uh, we wanted to do like a special guest thing, and they asked me if I'd consider playing with Steven. And I said, Yeah. I go, Steven's a sweetheart, and and we did it, and and he was fantastic. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean. You know, as you drummers know, you know, you're either born with that groove, you know, and he's got that groove. And, you know, and, and I'm a huge Matt Sorum fan, and, and I love the way Steven plays with that swing. Here comes, you know, here Steve, comes a story. We told the story before, but Steven was, Steven went to one of my drum-offs, you know, the drum-offs. Uh-huh. Uh, I started it with, and Guitar Center 
sort of took it from me, but on, on this, I don't know what year it was, the second or third one, we, we were doing the, guitar, the drum off outside in Sherman Oaks when they had the store in Sherman Oaks. We did oh, yeah, it in the yeah, yeah, the, the big one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, so we did it in the parking lot, and Stephen came down with Slash, <laughs> and Stephen's mother. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. Call, and I called him Stephen Alder. Right? Oh. They spelled it wrong. Oh my gosh! Right? Oh, and then, and he didn't win, and he actually was uh, freaking out, you know. Yeah. And his mother came up and started yelling at us for not picking him. And Slash was with him. Slash How told me funny. that story. How funny! You know, well, I, when, he, when he first came up play by place, when I first met him, I thought uh, he was kidding. He's like, "Hey, man, I really love your place, man. I'm having a great time." I thought he was kidding. His voice. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And after all well, he's been through, we're like, man. He's overcome some big challenges. Oh, man. Especially, yeah, especially yeah. recently. It's, again, yeah. like, but he's an amazing yeah. musician. Yeah. despite. But, you know, I, the way I look at things, guys like, like, like Stephen and, and Tommy, they're very genuine. Yep, yep. Yes. They're very genuine. They're like very loving, real people. Loving, You know, exactly. And I got no problems with any of that. I mean, you know, he really cares about music. Yeah. He's, he's, proud an, of he's that a good record. guy. He's a good guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, we have a question from our buddy Francois in France wants to know Ooh. from either or both of our guys, is there anybody that you guys are following now or you think was on the cutting edge or a really cool band that's out now? Hmm. All of us? Um, all of us? <laughs> no. Everybody except Vinny. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, good. I, especially, me, especially our guests. Because I know you're managing yeah. one now, Carm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think there's some great bands out there right now, young guys. I think the the band Rival Sons are incredible. Yeah. Rival Sons, you know, I, 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 they have a great sound. Um, you know, and, and their music, every record, they're getting better and, and better. Classic, you know, I, and they're classic sounding. You know, exactly. Like I said, it's just just rock and roll. You know, which so is we, what we need. And have, young. We're gonna have Dirty Honey on the show in a couple of weeks. They're another great yeah. young band. Greta Van yeah, Fleet's another, another one. And I'm managing this yeah. band called Kodiak, yeah. which is a, a young Van Halen kind of band. Right. You know? And Greta Van Fleet gets so much stick about, you know, how similar they are to Zeppelin. Yeah. It's like, well, it's a lot better than if they were being a bloody DJ, you know. <laughs> so we all work from our influences. Well, you know what? Yeah. I mean, it's like saying someone, that opera singer, he sounds like Pavarotti. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, that doesn't suck. It's not a bad thing. Right. Taylor, Taylor Swift. And Justin Bieber, I think. Very close. I think in the, the Greta Van Fleet case, it's just because there's there's such a small sample size of young rock bands, uh -huh. you know, that they're yeah. going a little harsh. It's like, you know, when, when I was young and I was buying records of whether it was Zeppelin, Alice Cooper, Kiss, or Aerosmith, I bought everything. Yeah. <laughs> Every fog had oh, 10 yeah. years, and I bought everything, yeah. you know. It's yeah. like I didn't judge them too harshly. It's like I was just so excited to get music. I think you got to be happy with the new young band making music, you know. Yeah. Hey, agree. Gilby, what's, uh, tell us really uh, briefly before we, uh, we have to close our show, but tell us about the gospel truth. <laughs> the gospel truth. So, guys, I have a new record coming out April 23rd, and this record has actually been done for two years. Um, it, it's been done for a while. Um, we kind of put it back. We were just about to release it right when the, the uh, pandemic hit, so we put it off hoping to play live, and it got to a point of we just got to get it out. But I got some great drummers on it. Uh, Kenny Aronoff is yeah. on it. Uh, Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction is on it. Matt Starr's on it. Um, the great thing about being a solo act is I don't have to be stuck with... I don't know, Vinny, he didn't call guy. me. Did he call you, Vinny? <laughs> uh, yeah, he did. I told him... Uh... 
I told me I can't afford them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what's great to me about being a solo artist is I can have a combination of different guys, drummers. He, he and sent me a bunch Nikki of Six he sent me a bass. bunch of charts that were written in pencil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The full circle. The full circle. I, I couldn't even see. So, it. so I, I need my glass. Well, it's, is it gospel? Is it gospel? No, no, no. It's just a, the gospel truth. Is just a name. It's you know. It's oh, my truth I right see. now. Okay. It's, it's all rock and roll. It's loud guitars. Cool. Yeah, well, cool. we need everybody because our our show is taking off, and that's the gospel truth because people are there loving it. It's our forty <laughs> fourth yeah. episode. Next week we've got uh, Kofi Baker and Dweezil Zappa. We need everybody to share, like, check our Spotify uh, uh, channel. Check our, our uh, what else? Our podcast on iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. We're Music. all over the place. Yeah, our them. YouTube yeah. channel, subscribe to. We need you guys to help us out there because I'll tell you what, we are becoming an inter. These two guys are becoming an international. <laughs> hey, Ron. Hey, Ron. Yes. We what? can't make it next week. <laughs> um, Gilby, John, what are you guys doing with the co host? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, I'm so take you got two Gilby, other Italian guys. You got, you got one. You... Uh, Gilby, I'm giving you more time they gave you for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, so at least you got to be prepared. Anyway, thank you guys. Gilby Clark, John Payne, love you guys. Thank John you guys. Payne, Thanks for doing Ricotta, it, man. August 28th. Thank you. Be yeah. safe. We're, it looks like we're going to be opening up really, really soon. God yeah. bless you all. And here, you know, salute to live music coming back, right? Right, right on. on. Have a great week. Yes, right on. We'll right. see you next week right. on Hanging yeah. the Bang. Right. Thanks, Bye. guys. Go, guys. Thank Good you. Good night. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.